Hello beautiful and welcome to Pure Happy Healthy. This is a podcast all about mindfulness in different fields that are dear to my heart. Join me for Mindful Me sessions, Mindful Model, Mindful Mensch and Mindful Master and dive in to beautiful conversations. Hey and welcome to 2021. Wow, what a past year. So many things has have, have happened. And I think most of us are ready to um, yeah, go out of this year and step into a new year and step really into new opportunities and have a restart and kind of like a reset button that we press. I think it's important though to remember that we're in an era and it's not an immediate end of everything that has happened. And um, it's more like a process. It's a process that we're moving through. And it's important to remember that, yeah, not everything will be different from today on. But it's good to have, uh, yeah, a positive... Oh, there was a <laughs> bomb still going off here. It's in the evening of the first and people are still, yeah, shooting up the, the fireworks crazy. Anyways, so it's important to remember that it's a circle and that we're moving through different phases in life and that it's not suddenly one day to the other there's the end and then everything is different. But also when this new year maybe has times when they're still challenging to remember that it's a cycle and maybe we might be the downward cycle as many people see it that It, it all will change and we're in a constant change and things are gonna change and we will turn into brighter sides of life soon again. So um, yeah, stay optimistic, stay positive and I hope you stay healthy for this new coming year. And for starting this year, I really wanted to um, offer you a new insight and new interesting um, predictions for the next year to come. So I invited an astrologer um, to speak on my show. Her name is Becky Dunks. And yeah, we speak about what happened in 2020, a little recap in terms of the stars, but then also what kind of energies um, are getting together in the in the sky for 2021 so um, obviously it's not possible to make super exact predictions of everything that's going to happen but we can see tendencies with astrology of um, movements that are, are going to happen and energies that can be felt in in this in this world and in society and new um, trends that are going to happen so it's really really interesting um, what's going to come up to you so i'm really excited to share this interview now with you and yeah she also has a podcast you can find it everywhere where you can find podcasts it's bd dunks astrology um, so subscribe to her podcast she will go deeper into the topic if you're interested in that and of course you can also find her on instagram to get your personal reading if that's something that you would love to get a bit deeper into um, so uh, she will um, analyze your birth chart and give you very exact and detailed information so without further ado let's start this new year and let's start with this episode so today I'm speaking with Becky, who is an astrologer, and it's the 1st of January 21. So I'm super excited to have a little look back on 2020, what happened there in terms of the stars and what's going to expect us for 21. So I'm super happy and grateful to have you here, Becky. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm I'm so happy to be here and and grateful that uh, I have the opportunity to to speak a little bit about the astrological side of the year and, and what's to come. Yeah, that's such a nice start of the year. It couldn't start better. Um, you just woke up, I guess, um, because it's your morning and it's my evening already here. Um, so I'm wondering, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, I actually haven't had breakfast quite yet. Um, I've just been sipping on some tea so far. I have some uh, dandelion root tea uh, with a little bit of oat milk and cinnamon. Um, but I 
think when we wrap this up, I will make myself probably some sort of oatmeal bowl or uh, a smoothie bowl of some sorts. Um, I'm, I like bowls. <laughs> so anything that has something to do with fruits and, and a little bit of oats and, and some nut butter or seeds, that's usually what I'm, I'm having for breakfast. Mm, sounds delicious. So, uh, just yesterday, someone told me that you're supposed to have a special breakfast on the 1st of January each year because it's this special day and you should eat something that you never eat. I have never heard that before, but um, yeah, I was um, curious. I, I didn't follow the rule. I always have my, my set breakfast because I love it. <laughs> And I'm always happy with it. But uh, yeah, it was um, interesting news. <laughs> yeah, I'm so the same way. I'm such a creature of habit. I usually have the same things to eat every day. But you know what? You, I think I'm going to try something new today then. Maybe I'll make myself some pancakes or something. Ooh, yeah, so cool. Yeah. Becky, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit? What are you currently up to? And maybe also um, talking a little, little bit about um, your background as an astrologer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been, I guess, I don't know if you want to say a professional astrologer, but I've just begun to um, offer astrology Uh, on a more grand scale, I would say, in the latter part of 2020. But astrology is something that's always been a part of my life ever since I was young. Um, you know, looking in teen magazines at the back, flipping to the horoscopes, and, and astrology has just always been something that has always piqued my interest. And um, so I, I would I wasn't paying attention super seriously when I was younger um, to anything beyond a traditional sun horoscope. But as I grew older and started to look in astrology books in the bookstore and see more about oh, the moon and, oh, the, the Mercury is something too. Okay. You know, just learning how much more there is to astrology um, And how deep you can go with it. It was something that uh, for me personally, I, I love to learn. I love learning something new every day. I try to learn at least one new thing every day. And so for me, it was something that um, it's like an endless well. <laughs> you know, you never stop learning. I will never stop learning more and more about astrology. I'm never going to be done with my studies. Um, And that's just something that, that fascinated me. So anyhow, um, on a professional level, I've, I've personally, I've always worked either in an office or a restaurant or something in and around that realm. Um, and then we were speaking a bit before, a couple of years ago, I went to Australia and did my yoga teacher training course and thought that would be something that I would like to start doing on a professional level. And I did it for a little bit. Um, but it still didn't feel 100% right. I knew that what I learned in that yoga teacher training was definitely something I needed to learn and still helped me on my path, put me on the path that I needed to be on. And then I think really it was um, <clears throat> towards the end of 2019 and into 2020 that I realized um, how all-encompassing astrology can be and how real of a possibility it could be that I could actually start offering it to people on a scale further than what I was already doing in terms of just casually talking to my friends in conversation about their astrology and trying to get them to be more interested in it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I found that, uh, in 2020, it, it, it was almost like a light bulb went off for me. It was like, how did I not think of this sooner? <laughs> this is completely perfect for me. And um, <clears throat> for me personally, too, I've always felt that I've, and I'm sure like many people out there, you look for some sort of purpose in life. You feel like you, you need some sort of um, path to follow. And uh, I was always really confused about that. And it was something that I really, it was, it was, was bothering me. I really needed to figure out what it was that I was here to do. And um, when I decided that astrology would be it, 
it just felt so natural. It felt like all the puzzle pieces finally just fell into place. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've just um, now in 2020 trying to offer it on a, on a bigger scale. So offering online readings as everything is now online and um, decided to make a podcast as well because I thought, why not, why not share just to share? Um, it's a passion project, really. So um, I've been taking a bit of a break from my podcast over the past month, I would say, because I, I mentioned that I recently moved and I started a new job and everything. So I've, I've just been taking a step back to focus more on myself and, and my personal life and getting the to-dos done. And um, I plan to come back now in 2021, fresh start, and I, I can refocus and um, really put all of my intention and energy into, into my forecast that I'm going to be putting out. I think I'm going to probably change the structure up a bit, a little bit of, of how I'm putting my episodes out. But um, yeah, that's the plan for uh, 2021. And just to continue offering one-on-one -on -one readings for people. And uh, I do have a few ideas swirling around in my head, but we'll see if there, there'll be things that will actually come to fruition in 2021. Maybe I'll hold off for 2022. We'll see. But yeah, that's where I'm at now. Uh, so nice that you found your purpose with that. And sometimes it's so weird, right? We go in all these circles and then it's right in front of our nose or face all the time. And we're like, wow, why didn't I see this earlier? And then it just all falls into place. Um, I know that a lot of people um, who are not very familiar with astrology or never have done like a reading or read more into it, um, just know astrology from all these <laughs> magazines where there's like that little section, oh, today you will be happy, uh, drink more water to be healthier, blah, 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 and therefore have a pretty bad or, or like a misunderstanding um, of the whole concept of astrology. So what would you tell to someone who thinks astrology is just like this or has actually no clue what it is? What is astrology and what can it teach us? Yeah, and, and I think that's the, one of the primary motivators as to why I wanted to start putting a podcast out about astrology is to make it more tangible and more uh, approachable for people because like you said most of the exposure that the common person has had to astrology is a little snippet in a newspaper or a magazine and it is so broad and general and that is because it's it's just a sun sign horoscope you're only looking at literally one I, I don't even know if I can put a number on this but one twelfth let's say at minimum of your birth chart and there are so many more um, aspects to look at in someone's birth chart so what I usually like to tell people that are sort of questionable about astrology um, is if you think of it like energy if you if you can believe in energy and get on board with just energetics in general and have a basic understanding of how energy impacts us your birth chart is almost like an energetic blueprint to you. It is a snippet of the sky at the time of your birth. And it's even better if you know the, the time of the birth and the location, because then you get a complete clear snapshot of what the sky was doing at the time of your birth and from where, your perspective on earth. And um, so with planets planets are a part of our solar system and it's like gravity gravity is a form of energy um it does this is where it can get a little tricky these types of of i wouldn't want to call them arguments but debates i would say um is that you know one a person that might be skeptical about oh how does the moon affect the tides let's say you know it takes it takes someone to have that certain belief and understanding that yes the moon does impact the the tidal waves here on earth and the planets their energy does impact us here on earth it's it's a very um holographic type dynamic so if someone has that understanding then I think that is the first step to 
becoming open to learning what a birth chart can teach you because, and I think one of the easiest ways is to honestly just jump and dive right in. And I, I'll say, you know, all right, let me just try it. For example, let me know your birth information and I can tell you a few little things about you beyond your sun sign. Um, and you know, I think the, the little magazine horoscopes, they, I love them and I hate them <laughs> because they're bringing astrology to the world. They're that, so that's why I love them because it's getting the word out there. But at the same time, it's also giving people a different view and an, an a skewed view of what astrology really is. Because again, it's just based on the sun, which moves. Well, we move around the sun once every 12 months. Right. And you're basing it off of, a group, like a potential group of people, you, your, your little 150 word snippet has to be applicable for a massive group of people. So the astrologers writing those sun scopes do have a bit of a task on their hands, but, um, yeah, there's, there's just so much more to be discovered beyond the sun sign. And that's why I, I try to just make it as approachable as possible to people and um, refrain from using too much astrological lingo when I'm talking about astrology, because that's another thing that usually throws people off is it's like, oh, well, this just seems completely overwhelming and I'm in over my head, so I don't even want to attempt it. Mm. Yeah, you already mentioned it a few times, the sun sign. So to someone who's completely new to astrology and the whole concept behind it, um, could you explain real quick what the sun sign, the moon sign, the ascendant are and how they can impact us? And maybe um, if you want to also a little bit about the other planets um, that take part in our chart. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Um, and that's actually the, the three that I, I focus on whenever someone has a reading with me for the first time. That's usually what I'll go through is your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign or your ascendant sign and um, how significant they are and what it sort of uh, does and, and how it plays in, into your life. So the sun sign, the sun is representative of the self. Um, it is the true self, who we are at our core. I like to think of it as um, it's the brightest object in our sky. It's, it's what gives us vital life force. It's what fuels our fire. It's, it's related to the heart. Anything that comes from the heart, that's where, that's where we find our sun. So our values, our morals, that line in the sand that we will not cross, that is seen and represented through our sun sign. And so again, the sun sign, um, you know, we know, we know all of our sun signs pretty much, um, but determining the moon and the rising sign get a little tricky um, just because again, like I mentioned, that's where you do need the location and the time to get an accurate uh, reading of what your moon sign and what your rising sign is. The moon changes signs every two, two and a half days. So um, that you can sort of guesstimate if you don't have your time and location, but the location and the time will give you your rising sign. Um, and I, I do think there is a, quite a significance to knowing your rising sign too. Um, I remember when I learned my rising sign, it was like, oh my goodness, so many things make sense about me, about how I interact with the world. So, so before I get too ahead of myself, the moon sign, the moon sign, um, you can think of, so when the sun is up, everything is illuminated and it's us, it's who we are at our core. It's what we represent. Um, and the moon is the opposite. She comes out at night. And so that is everything that's unseen. That is our emotions. That is our uh, our intuition. That is our nurturance. That's the way that we care for ourselves. That's the um, the yin to the yang. And uh, yeah, so the moon represents our emotions. And moving into the rising sign, the rising sign is like your front door. It's 
it is the ego in not in the sense of like the true ego but like it's sort of the ego the 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 face that you put on when you are faced with something new meeting a new person in a new situation um, and similarly it's how the world meets you as well for example i myself am a pisces sun but i'm a gemini rising so when I'm usually in new situations, I, I can be shy and play into that Piscean tendency more to be a little bit more quiet, but there are other times where the Gemini rising comes out full blown and I'm just a chatterbox and you can't get me to shut up. <laughs> so, and if I end up rambling at any point, that is why is <laughs> because my Gemini rising will just take off. But, um, yeah, it's almost like your uh, defense mechanism in a way. It's sort of how you approach the world and how the world meets you before you break down that barrier and get to the true emotions and the sun and the moon behind you. Um, one way that I usually like to describe it as and, and to put a visual in people's heads, I cannot remember for the life of me, I would love to give credit to the person that I heard this analogy from, but I heard it so long ago that I cannot remember. But the way they described it was um, picture uh, like a, one of those film projectors, like an old film projector. Um, so the film inside is the sun sign. That's sort of the pictures that we're going to be playing. The lens would be the moon sign. It sort of gives shape and skews the, the film coming out. And then the rising sign would be the picture that appears on the screen. And that's like, okay, that's sort of what we're seeing, but you know what I mean? It's a difference. There's a bit of a difference between the film and what's sort of getting put on, on display. Oh, wow. That is such yeah. a comparison. This is such a good uh, image to really like uh, understand the whole concept. Um, so what I think is so interesting about it all is that we have this constellation in times of our birth who really shape a lot of who we are and how we behave in certain situations, etc. But then there are also like the movements of the planets also determine the, the times that we as a collective go through. So where the stars stand and how they integrate uh, or like interact with each other will determine what is going to happen in yeah, the, the next years or like at any given point. So as everyone know, we had a very challenging past year in 2020, which where a lot, a lot of things happened. So could you go a little bit into last year in terms of uh, an astrologic point of view and were there already signs maybe that predicted that something is going to happen? And um, yeah, what, what were the stars telling from last year? Definitely, yes. Um, and just to, just to put a little uh, side note on what you said, um, just because I like to clarify the, the language a little bit for people because there's something to say that it's not necessarily that the planets cause things here on earth. It's not to say that, oh, you know, this happened because Mercury was in retrograde or something like that. Um, you know, we can very much, I myself included, find myself cursing Mercury sometimes, you know what I mean? But it's, it's more, uh, more to say that there is a correlation. There's a correlation. And again, it's going back to energy and energetics. You know, um, the reason why we can predict things uh, and recognize, well, the reason why we can predict things using astrology and the reason why we, we say that, you know, it's because of the stars that this happens. It's not to say that they're causing it, but it's when we look back in time and we see the patterns and the cycles. Like I was saying, everything in astrology is a cycle. Everything in our solar system is a cycle. The natal chart, the birth chart itself is one big circle. And, um, and so it's all just the, the energetics, the harmonics, the interactions between the planets. And um, when they aspect each other, it's these energies being activated, but it's all cyclical. These are all things that these, they've happened before they just get played out in different ways because of our um our space time law here on earth let's call it 
Um, but yeah, 2020 was one of the years that astrologers were looking at years ago, years ago. Every, astrologers knew that 2020 was going to be one for the books. And the main reason why that is, is because of Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter. So a little bit about Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter. I, I'll, I can describe them um, a little bit more in depth, but those main three, they are considered outer planets. They are not necessarily the personal planet. Or, uh, yeah, uh, but they're, Jupiter is one of the personal planets, sort of. But um, Jupiter and Saturn are the two timekeepers, let's call them, primarily Saturn. And Pluto is the farthest planet in our solar system. And so the way that you can think of the planets and their effects to us here on Earth, the farther the planet, the heavier it is, the denser it is. And so the more generational their effect is. For example, Pluto, I believe, stays in a sign for uh, 30 years, I think, up to 30 years, depending on the retrograde cycle. Um, so his impact is very generational. It's, it can be slow to come to fruition, um, but it usually has a very, very grand foundational impact. And so, yeah, when you move in towards the sun, the slower or the faster the planets, the quicker their cycles are. They're moving faster. And um, that's why Mercury gets talked about a lot because it's one of the quickest moving planets. And that's why, you know, the moon, she has her own cycle because she's every 28 days, you know, she's, she's doing her own thing. So um, yeah, so a little bit about Saturn. Saturn is... I like to, like, when I picture Saturn, I picture like a gavel. He is sort of like judgment day. He is the one that will come to check us. Um, he's associated with time. He's associated with fear. He's associated with government, authority, structure, rules, regulation. Um, he's also associated with fatherly figures and uh, fathers. Um, and then we have Jupiter. Jupiter is classically known as almost like a good luck planet. He's a very fortuitous planet. He is the great expander. Um, he emphasizes things. Whenever he's interacting with a planet, he makes it bigger and makes that effect of that planet that much bigger, depending on the aspect. And then Pluto I personally like to describe Pluto as a massive dump truck. Like he is coming in, taking everything, picking it up, throwing it away and being like, all right, what's new? <laughs> let's transform, let's change, let's bring something new in. He's um, associated with the 12th house, which is the last house in the zod zodiacal wheel. Um, I'm not too sure how familiar your audience is with uh, astrology or, or birth charts or anything or houses or anything like that so I'll try to not talk too much with or with too much lingo but um he's associated with the 12th house which is the last house and so it's almost like the I, I like to think of like the crown chakra even like the transcendence it's almost like leaving the physical going into the material but it's almost like again going back to cycles it's like something ending and new something new beginnings Pluto is very much associated with death and rebirth too so um, when we have those three coming together just taking those uh, archetypes and bringing those archetypes together putting them in the sign of Capricorn. So Capricorn is a sign that is ruled by Saturn. So Saturn is in a happy place while sitting in Capricorn. Um, and Capricorn, again, he's associated with Saturn. So structure, government, regulation. You think of Capricorn, Capricorn, um, I, this is how I like to sort of describe astrology to people is just think of archetypes. Think of, uh, like, you know, the goat 
himself. The goat lives in the mountains. They don't mind a little bit of rough weather, rough terrain. They persevere. They're ones to walk up the mountain. They have a goal. They set their sights on it and they accomplish it. They work hard. And so when you have all these three planets in that one sign, you know that there are going to be massive changes to the foundations of our lives and in big ways, big, big ways. So again, astrologers were looking at 2020 for a really long time and knew that this was going to be one for the books. We just didn't necessarily know how <laughs> we like, I don't know. If, I think there are a few things that, that could have predicted some sort of pandemic coming out. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think anyone could have to a T nailed down just exactly how this year was going to go. <laughs> mm, wow, this is, uh, this is very interesting that basically there are tendencies and then you could not really see what exact event is gonna happen, but like the general tendencies of the environment that life is going to be like so you already um said it that um we're we were at a time of capricorn still in 2020 but i believe we just are in a transition to um aquarius in this time age and if i understood it right um it's like every um, 30 years i think it is that we're in that one um sign and then we have the transition to another one where we're at the time of the transition from Capricorn to um, Aquarius. So did I understand that right? Or could you clarify how, how that works, these transitions? Yes, absolutely. So I think what you're probably re uh, referring to is Saturn going into Aquarius. So Saturn does stay in a sign for about 20 to 30 years. Again, just depending on the retrogrades they, uh, that he experiences that year or that cycle. Um, uh, but uh, sorry, that period, I should say. Um, so the, one of the things, one of the things in the headlines recently was the grand conjunction, the great conjunction, um, between Saturn and Jupiter. And, uh, so people were sort of saying that that was the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And this is now the age of Aquarius. And, um, there, so it, The age of Aquarius, when we're talking about ages, it doesn't necessarily have to do with uh, Saturn. The, the ages have to do with what's known as the procession of the equinox. Um, and in Cole's Notes version, it's basically having to do with the axis of our Earth shifting one degree every, every uh, so often. So it, that's sort of what the ages have to do with, not necessarily any of the planetary movements. But with that being said, there is very much a shift going on between, um, we are moving from an element of earth, an element of Capricorn into an element of air, into Aquarius. Aquarius is an air sign. Um, so that shift is definitely happening now um, we did get a taste of it earlier in 2020. Um, let me just check my dates. Um, because Saturn did dip into Aquarius at one point in 2020. And we did have a taste of what that was going to be like. Um, I want to say it was around um, the spring, going into the spring. Um, but, and then he retrograded and went back into Capricorn. Um, so there was still some stuff to clean up for us, but now shifting. So yeah, we, again, like taking it and, and making it, uh, elemental, thinking of things elementally, we're going in, we're from, we're shifting from this earth era of, um, you know, you think of earth, it's tangible, it's sensible, it's practical, it's grounded. And we're shifting into air where air is free form. It's intellect. It's, um, there's a sense of newness about it. Um, one of the astrologers that I listened to, uh, Kelly Ortiz, she had a beautiful analogy of, we can think of, um, 
sand dunes, you know, sand dunes are, are one way or another. They're like grooves in the, in the ground, but when the wind blows, it's picking the sand up and completely creating a new terrain. And I think that was a really great analogy of this shift right now that we're going through from earth to air of, um, and I think what we're going to be seeing now in this air era is we're going to be finding new ways to connect. We already have begun to find new ways to connect. Zoom is now a common thing that was never a thing this time last year, as big as it was anyways. Um, but making new connections in new ways. And um, I think 2020 was like the breakdown year. I feel like you know, that final leg of earth was all of the structures breaking down. And now we're, we have to breathe fresh air. It's time to have a new approach to the ways that we've been doing things. Um, and the breakdown from 2020, I think, really ended up uh, teaching us what it is, what are the practical things that we need to take with us? What are the practical things that we still need to maintain? And what's important? What's important right now? That's what I think uh, one of these, um, these elemental uh, themes is going to be going into 2020 mm. or 2021 rather, <laughs> not 20 again. <laughs> It's already like, oh, you have to think from one day to the other to just change that number. Yeah. Takes a yeah. <laughs> so you were already saying we're moving into that new kind of era slowly, which is more the air sign and uh, yeah, floaty and different ways of communication, etc. But um, as I believe this is an era that ends and a new era starts, it's probably gonna take a while or, or what can you say to that or is it gonna be happening really quick now in 21 that everything is suddenly gonna change in a really quick way or do you think we will have still some issues um, coming up in terms of this like heavy transition or what's gonna bring 21 for us how is the energy of the year um, gonna be like yeah, so I think um, I don't necessarily feel like 2021 is going to be like, all right, well, we're done with 2020. It's over. No, unfortunately, we are still going to see um, some of the, th the themes bleed into the 2021 year, I believe. Um, but I think there is going to be a new way of approaching it, a new mindset about it. Um, but I think that this year is, is like, we're figuring it out, you know, um, a common, uh, analogy that I've heard a lot of astrologers use over 2020 is almost like 2020 is like the cocoon year. And then 2021 is when we're going to start breaking out of our cocoon. But right now was, we needed to be in that cocoon period. We needed to be in this like almost isolation period to do that inner work, do that, um, deep introspective work. Uh, I think 2020 was a great opportunity for that. Um, but, uh, I think with 2021, so with 2020, one of the major things was Saturn and Pluto getting together in the beginning of the year and to end the year off Saturn and Jupiter got together and that's sort of precursing this 2021 and Saturn and Jupiter, when they get together, um, Again, it's emphasizing structures, emphasizing boundaries, emphasizing regulations. And, um, but I think if, if you can, there's, 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 I don't want to use the word good or bad, but there's positive and there's negative polarities to every sign, every planet. And if we can lean into the positives of Saturn, um, where Saturn is discipline. Saturn is austerity. Saturn, there is, the, the regulation and rules don't necessarily need to always be a bad thing. I think it's one of these things where, and again, with Jupiter too, putting Jupiter into the mix, Jupiter brings um, uh, a spiritual aspect to it. Jupiter is also known as the guru planet. He's like a mentor. So if we can almost combine these two archetypes to figure out some sort of self-governance, 
some self-authority self you know this is why again i just love astrology is because it teaches you about you and i feel like the more you know about you the more like the more responsibility you can hold for yourself and the more that you can take charge of your own life and know what you want and what you don't want in your life and i think yeah if if this 2021 year i think is going to be very emphasized around that knowing what it is that we want and what we don't want and um like that's sort of what we've been figuring out in 2020 and going into 2021 it's implementing it it's actually acting on it now um so some of the key things that are going to be happening in 2021 is um, the main sort of things that we're looking at is um, Saturn and Uranus. So Uranus has been a bit of a contender and Uranus is um, the rebel planet. Uranus is the maverick planet. Uranus has been sitting in Taurus uh, for the past few years now. And um, so Uranus and Saturn are going to be making some squares to one another throughout 2021. The first is February 17th, the next is June 14th, and then December 24th, 2021. That's going to be cycles that, um, you know, when Saturn and Uranus interact in that way, there's, there brings about fears of change. Saturn is representative fear. Uranus is intense, sudden change, unexpected change, surprises. Um, there's, it, it could be rebelling against change. It could be um, some sort of cautionary approach to the way that we're changing things, you know, doing it with um, a sense of fear. Those, those dates, those aspects. Um, so I think um, those are going to be some of the things that are marking 2021. But again, if, if we are coming from a place of groundedness and, um, self-knowing and knowing our values, I think that's one of the best ways that we can sort of enter this year and, and take an approach of, um, again, just self-austerity going into 2021. Hmm. Okay, um, so it's really important to get your boundaries right in this year and really take good care of yourself, And if I understood that right. Is there anything mm -hmm. that's going to happen this year where we can really um, be precautious to go in this year and really take good care of ourselves? Any other advice which will be important for this year in order to make it a successful year for us? Yeah, yeah. I think another uh, one of the things that we're going to be dealing with is um, a series of eclipses um, with Gemini and Sagittarius. So uh, this past year in 2020, the eclipses that we were dealing with were all on the uh, Cancer Capricorn axis. So we were dealing with a lot of, again, this Capricornian energy of structure and um, regulations and boundaries. And then on the other side, we had Cancer which is representative of the home. And, um, you know, think of a crab. Where is its home on its back? It's its hard outer shell, but it has a very soft inside. So we were dealing with a lot of eclipses and eclipses are sort of like reset points. So we were dealing with a lot of reset points in those two areas of our life. And now we're shifting into a Gemini Sagittarius axis. So um, Gemini is, the messenger. Gemini is the connector. Gemini likes to put the dots together just for the sake of putting the dots together. And Sagittarius is the optimistic explorer uh, that loves traveling and discovering new things and learning new things and, and radical belief. And so we're getting some reset points on these axes with these elements, with these archetypes. And um, I think that's actually really interesting in that you know, both of these signs also have a lot to do with travel. Gemini is synonymous with short-term travel and Sagittarius is long-term travel. So I think we're gonna see a lot of um, changes to the way that we are traveling, connecting, exploring, and we're presented with new challenges. And again, 
shifting into this air, new ways of thinking of new ways of doing things. Um, so new ways of traveling, new ways of connecting, new ways of exploring. Um, you know, uh, I, I think I said this in one of my podcasts, one of the ways that we can try to travel in a new way is exploring a new book or, you know, travel, like, there's just different ways that we can do things apart from the way that we've been doing them in the very practical, tangible air or sorry, earth sort of way. We're, we're going to need to find out new ways of doing things in an air sort of way. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm certain this uh, is going to happen. We can already see that now, like how we rethink connection, how we rethink traveling and how we rethink a home also. It has been such a big question um, in the past year for many of us. Um, so one thing I still wanted to like to talk about is um, uh, I, I mean, I'm not an expert, but as far as I understood, correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, we have... Um, different houses and different signs. So um, now we were in the, in the um, time of Capricorn and we're moving into the time of Aquarius. So it's the Aquarius, when we have the Aquarius in one of our houses, it really um, becomes into our focus now, I suppose. Um, understood, did I understand this right? Or um, what can you say about this thing with the houses? I'm, I think I didn't really fully understand that whole concept yet. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, just with the, I'll try not to explain it in a way that confuses people, but basically um, everyone has Aquarius somewhere in their chart. And basically what you can do is um, look up, you can go online and do this yourself. Um, you can see where these planets right now are in relation to your birth chart. And if they are sort of aspecting, interacting with any of your planets. Um, so when you look at your birth chart, you can see where the sign of Aquarius is. And depending on what house Aquarius is sitting in, the way that I like to describe, okay, so you could think of it, like, here's another visual. The planets would be the actors. The signs would be the costumes and the roles that they're wearing. And the house would be the stage that they're, they're on. So it's like the houses are representative of the areas of life in which these things are happening. Um, and the sign defines the way that it's playing out. So, um, so yeah, basically you can, you can see where Aquarius is sitting in your chart and, um, what planets are there, what planets are going to start to be activated as Saturn starts to make his way into Aquarius. Um, yeah, so, uh, that's, that's one of the things that you can do. Um, another thing you can do is to see, um, for example, where Uranus is sitting in your chart right now. Uranus is sitting in Taurus, so you would look to see where Taurus is. Um, just because, again, Uranus, he's been going through a retrograde over 2020, and he is going to be a, a significant player moving into 2021. And Uranus and Taurus, again, Uranus being the rebel, the maverick, the great sudden innovative change. Um, and Taurus is representative and synonymous with the second house, which is our possessions, our money, our values, are the things that we find worth in and what we put worth into. Um, and, it, and it does have to do a lot with material possessions. Taurus is a very sensual sign um, in that it has a lot to do with like taste, touch, sight, you know, so is very, um, likes the finer things in life likes material things. Um, so we've been seeing a huge change as Uranus has been sitting in the sign of Taurus to these foundational material things um, in our lives and, and sort of the way that we domesticate ourselves. So I think that's another one that we can, we can look at if, you, if any of your listeners want to look at their charts. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. This conversation has already brought so much clarity for me in terms of understanding astrology. I was 
have always been interested in it, but I think it can get a, a bit confusing with all these different aspects and all these movements. So thank you so, so much for bringing clarity and um, also talking about last year and the year up to come. Is there any last thing that you would like to share that we didn't get to talk about, which you consider is important for everyone to know? Um, I think we covered a lot of it. Um, I, I'll just say sorry if I rambled at any point, because again, I probably did. I know I got like, but like you said, there's so much to cover in astrology and my mind was going from one thing to the next. Or should I mention this or that? But um, I think we, we covered a lot of it. Um, I know you did want to speak a bit about Saturn returns. If you wanted to uh, still throw that in there, we, we can totally do that in a minute or two, but I think I would give it another episode because I hear sure. so much about Saturn return to speak. So um, I think we should put this in an extra episode to give it the time and the energy that we, uh, that it deserves that topic. <laughs> Perfect. I, I can agree. Yeah. I was going to say I could do a quick synopsis of it, but there is a lot to say about a Saturn return. So we can definitely save that for another one. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your knowledge with all of us. And yeah, let's uh, see how 21 evolves for us. It, it sounds like there's still some, some tension and some struggle, but we're moving in a really good direction. And it's good to remember always that to yeah, have that image of breaking out of the cocoon. And I really like that image that yeah, at soon we will be in the nice butterfly <laughs> state again. And uh, it's it's for sure coming. It's just, yeah, the cycle that we're at one side of the cycle now that we have to wait until we go to the butterfly stage again. So yeah, that's a beautiful image. Thank you for sharing all this. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you for having me again. I, it's, it's been great. <laughs>